This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Eero. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package in a year of Eero Plus by visiting eero.com slash GOG and at checkout enter code GOG. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash G-O-G. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, I had something happen to me this week that just made me giddy as can be. Okay, let's see if I can ruin it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> so, you know, the Jordan Harbinger Show, which I'm part of, is on Podcast One, and they have house ads that they run on other shows. Yes. And I was sitting in bed the other night, uh, like mm-hmm. 11 o'clock, just listening to my podcast as I'm going off to sleep. And then I, I'm listening to Penn Sunday School. Mm-hmm. And there comes a house ad for the Jordan Harbinger show, which I've heard on there many times before. But right. my name was on there. Woo-hoo. So I got to hear Penn even say my name and kind of screw it up. But it was fun. It was very fun. So that was that was a bucket list item for me. I uh, listened to Penn Sunday School for the first time in ages just to hear him say your name. So congratulations, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. I will play the clip right now. You know, if you like my show, you're going to love the Jordan Harbinger show on Podcast One, also pronounced Podcastone. (laughs) (laughs) Along with, oh man, uh, Jason DeFilippo? 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 Jordan taps into the wisdom of the world's top performers, from intelligent operatives to legendary musicians, iconoclastic writers to visionary change makers, to teach you the strategies and insights that are most successful to use in your everyday life. Check out The Jordan Harbinger Show every week on Podcast One, wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. Clip played, moving on. Okay. little follow-up on the... Uh, the California. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I have to say I am very proud to be a Californian right now. I will. I, yes. I'm sticking with that. But uh, yes, the, the net neutrality law that Jerry Brown signed in immediately. The entire broadband industry sued California. I wonder why. Yeah. Huh. Oh, what I thought it didn't interest matter. They have in stopping that. Hmm. Mm, show your true colors much. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good sign that uh, when the entire broadband industry is suing you, you're doing something that's probably pretty good for people. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to lose, but... Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're fighting the good fight, right? Somebody's gotta. Somebody's gotta. Somebody has to. I agree. So, you know, we're going to follow this for sure because this is... California is the only people... Only... eh, Nobody's doing anything else. No one. Just California. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we're big enough where we can. That's true. And all the uh, all the people are here. So I, what I'm interested in seeing is is the big content uh, platforms and, and what side they're going to fall on. Unfortunately, I have a feeling it's not going to be the one that we'd like. But it would be nice if a Twitter or a Facebook or a Google came out and said, hey, we're, we're down with this. I'd think they would be. You'd think I would so. think they would be. But I've been wrong before. <laughs> Yeah, as uh, 286 uh, episodes of the show so, uh, show us, uh, we're often wrong about these sorts of things because, <laughs> because believe it or not, we have a, a small kernel heart of optimism. Yeah, I mean, we're and, right about a lot of things, but some of these big ones, yeah, I, we forget yeah. that there are people with a lot of power and a lot of money out there. I'll tell you a good predictor of every time we're wrong. It's when we're optimistic. Then we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we really, really want something to happen, then yeah, yeah. we're usually wrong. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about Elon Musk and Tesla and the uh, the was it the FCC? No, the SEC. SEC is uh, punishment of him. And uh, I said that I thought this was actually a good thing. And a lot of people seem to agree. So what was intended to be a punishment of a rogue executive whose rash tweets has misled investors might turn out to be the best thing to happen to the electric car company in some time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tesla watchers have been calling for an adult in the room to help oversee the company's operations and serve as a check on Musk power. And now that, of course, will happen. Uh, he has it at SpaceX, their COO, who uh, runs the company, and he basically just uh, you know stays away and uh, as somebody else runs the day-to-day operations. 
not so with Tesla. He's uh, we've heard stories about him being a micromanager on the factory floor and he just cannot stop messing around with it. But now he's going to have to. He's stepping down. So this is going to be a good thing for Tesla, as uh, many people are pointing out. And I have bought more stock. (laughs) Of course you have. (laughs) Yes. And this is an interesting one. So, Mm. you know, AMC rolled out their movie pass competitor because they own the theaters and they can say, go screw yourself, MoviePass, which is what they yes. did and why MoviePass is now turning on people's accounts without their permission. <laughs> well, so AMC had a goal of 500,000 subscribers for the first year. Mm-hmm. They got 400,000 in the first 14 weeks. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. No, not at all. And I'd here's like to the see thing. how the finances are going to work on this for them, just like they did for MoviePass. Well, it's, it's 20 bucks a week. So okay. you can go see up to three movies, or you can see the same movie three times in one day even, but three movies a week. Okay, for 20 bucks, right. That's, yeah. which is Who has the time to do that? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently 400,000 people do. I guess so. No, so this is a much steeper price, right? Because this is basically 20 bucks per week as opposed to 20 bucks a month or whatever, right? Yeah, I didn't look into all of the different pricing options. I think this is the top tier pricing okay. option. Right. So, but yeah, still, that's, that's, that's way that's more not than bad. I would ever pay. Yeah. Yeah. Consi- considering I see one movie uh, every three months, that would not work out financially for me. No, definitely not. <laughs> I'm actually going to open it up and Look. see what the. No, I don't want. You, you're not going to get my location. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't want a tour of your fucking website. Where is the club? Where can you sign up for the club? No, no programming. AMC Stubbs, offers and promotions. I think you should just leave this in about how difficult it is to find. <laughs> okay, I take that back. The article that I was looking at said nineteen ninety five a week, but it is nineteen ninety five a month. Okay, so it's the same pricing structure. Yep, see so up to three movies every week. And you get free popcorn refills. Okay, well, you can get very fat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> because, you, I mean, if you're sitting at a movie theater for, sit for six, six hours, hours a day... <laughs> Eating as much popcorn as you can eat. This sounds awesome, America. In the news. I got a weird sext from the government yesterday. How about you? I did, too. (laughs) Yeah, that scared the crap out of me, actually, because stupidly, I did not. I'd seen some of the news articles that it was coming, but I just didn't pay attention. So uh, it it did shock me a little bit. Um, But uh, there was a lot of outrage. Yeah, I don't know why. This is actually a fine thing. This is a good thing. We should have this sort of technological advancement taking place to warn us about emergencies and and different things. Uh, It's not like it's not connected to fucking Trump's phone, people. There are lots of channels that you have to go through to get this done. This has started with uh, President Bush. Uh, Obama kept it going. So it's just happened to roll out while we have the tweeter in chief in office, sadly. But this is a very good thing. So everybody calm the F down. Yeah, it's not like a Twitter replacement for Trump, you know. <laughs> Can you, <laughs> you imagine know? though? How amazing would that be actually? <laughs> oh my god. The first the first thing he would do is like, you know, just to completely troll everybody. It's like Putin's coming, duck. <laughs> oh wow. So oh, no, that. It would actually the first one would be butter emails. <laughs> butter emails, yes. It's not a mushroom. Oh god. <sighs> yeah. So it's no big deal. Everybody relax. It's I'm glad that we have it. Now, I found a really interesting article over on Slate called Why I'm Worried About Google. And it uh, really does talk about a lot of the things that we've talked about. And uh, the article goes over many of its missteps recently and how it's uh, scaled back. It's don't be evil to basically we're going to be evil. Um, and uh, basically, he, this guy is stating, I'm moving away from the Google ecosystem as much as I can because uh, I don't like the way this company is going. It's obvious they're not trying to fix it. And uh, and they could. They could make good usable products that strike a balance between privacy and profit. They're just choosing not to. Okay. I'm sticking with them because it just <laughs> makes my life easier. Yeah. Well, you're not that into the Google e- ecosystem, though. I mean, you use Google as a search engine and you use Gmail, but that's about it, really. Well, it's a little more than that. I use G Suite for okay. all my docs, all my storage. I use I, I'm pretty heavily invested in the Google ecosystem, okay. especially with some of the companies I work for. It it really is, you know, it, 
all the privacy crap aside, it is actually a pretty good service. I mean, it's, all of it works I, it's a very damn well. Damn good service. Yeah, <laughs> yes. everything that they do works pretty well. The privacy issues are troublesome, but uh, it all does work. Yeah, so. I mean, we moved over from Dropbox to G Drive for uh, Jordan's show, and it has been blissful. It's been amazing because <laughs> when you have a business account with more than five users, you get you literally get unlimited storage. If oh, you have less amazing. than five users, you only get a, a mere terabyte per user. Right. <laughs> so I can put all of my show files up there and not have to worry about, you know, the house burning down or the drives failing or things like that. And everybody has access to it. So it eliminates the beer truck problem. Right. And it, it's really handy. And it's not that expensive. It's only yeah. like 10 bucks per user per month which, you know, in the grand scheme of things for an enterprise product is not bad. But it's yeah, there's bad. that whole evil thing. <laughs> there is so. the evil aspect, yes. Yeah, because, and also you have to think about where do you separate Google from Alphabet? Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're separate identities now, and that's just for tax yeah, reasons. Just, you yeah, know? that's just tax fuckery. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that and trying to get away from, you know, monopolies and things like that. Yes. While so. still being a monopoly. But still yes. being a monopoly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But, but wait, yeah. we're many companies. Yeah. That Are you, though? <laughs> yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Uh, when we were first getting into all the cryptocurrency stuff, uh, primarily just to make fun of it, I uh, signed up with Coinbase because they were one of the first apps out there that made it easy to trade in Bitcoin and uh, Litecoin and some of the other Ethereum, the big ones at the time. Yep. Can you believe that... Coinbase is financing a deal or finalizing a deal right now that's going to value the company at $8 billion. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, what are their revenues? I want to see they their revenues. They make money on every uh, order. So yeah. and I guess a lot of people are still stupidly trading Bitcoin. I, yeah. I don't. I don't get why, but, uh, you know, I just an $8 billion company based on a nothing based on a nothing is, is where we're at now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a trading platform for nothing. But, yeah. you know, some bros made a lot of money on it. That's right. Bitcoin bros are happy. Yep. And there's also the sunk cost fallacy where a lot of people basically <laughs> spent their house and their mortgage and they're just waiting for it to rebound. Yes. You know, while, their, while their wife has left them, the children <laughs> are going hungry and shoeless. But hey, but, they've got hey, some Hey, they get Bitcoin. to watch six hours of movies a day and get free popcorn. <laughs> free popcorn. <laughs> popcorn on the blockchain. That's what we're going to get next. Speaking of, speaking of Bitcoin, there's a great story in BuzzFeed News called How a Hapless Bitcoin Entrepreneur Got Swept Up in the Crypto Craze and Started a Multi-Million Dollar Ponzi Scheme. So basically everyone? Yeah, the, yeah. No, this guy was like robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, like all right. Ponzi schemes, and finally yeah. got shut down. But here's the thing. Since there's no regulation, he doesn't really <laughs> have to pay anybody back. Right. Doesn't that suck for a lot of people? Yeah. Regulation bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, people were like barely doing any due diligence on him, sending sending him tons of Bitcoin and uh, like his plans, his great plans for miners, like to invest them in miners and, you know, build it all up. Yeah, it didn't really work out. Yeah. So poor Canadian guy. Uh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, we've talked about Uber and the various studies about what the drivers actually make. Uh, there was a study a while back that said that uh, they, you know, the average salary or something per year would be le less than $20,000 or whatever. And then Uber came back and said, surely that's not true and funded their own study, shockingly, that showed that they make more money than that. Uh, but another third party um, study has now come out and basically it averages out to the median hourly pay with tip. For Uber drivers is fourteen dollars and seventy three cents. All Once right, you back out vehicle expenses and all your personal costs, and the fact that you're not an employee, so you have to take care of your own health care and all that sort of stuff. It is significantly less than ten dollars an hour. You would make more money working at an Amazon warehouse. Yes, you would actually. You would make quite a bit more because yeah, it brings it down to nine dollars and seventy three cents an hour. Yep, and potentially much less. That's if you're actually working forty hours a week. Yep. Below the poverty threshold. Yep. Nice. Well done, Uber. I, I totally believe you. Yeah, well, then I get get uh, Bernie on the stop or <laughs> yeah, stop Uber bill. So the Spuber, Super bill. I, I am waiting for some smart politician to realize this gig economy stuff is a bit of a sham and start looking into it. So some Bernie, get on that. Yeah, he's too busy taking his Uber to work. Now, somebody he doesn't have to worry about for much longer is Snapchat. 
<laughs> yes, Snap stock fell more than 6.5% on Thursday to an all-time low after two analysts uh, uh, cut their target on Snapchat to $7 a share. It's now trading below $8 and has plunged more than 45% this year alone. I would like to point out that when Snap went public, I said, no way in hell should anybody ever buy this. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Yeah, so sometimes we are right, and it's on the things that we think are stupid. So <laughs> yes. we were not optimistic about Snap. No, we were not. And it Although we did say the, the same thing about Facebook, and look how that turned out. Yeah, now I actually have some Facebook stock, which I need to divest in. because it's Get rid of that yeah, shit, man. I'm just lazy. Yeah, it's a click. It's a click, bro. I know. I know. It's a click, bro. Uh, the last goodbye path shuts its doors. And I, when I got this email from path, I was like, wait, you're still here. (laughs) I didn't even know know. you were still around. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize it was still a going concern. I thought they were just doing t-shirts like hello. Yeah, no, because I I got it a while ago and I logged in and there was, of course, nobody there. And, uh, it was just like, oh yeah, everybody's gone. So now we know what happens when your social network goes away. So they are going to be, uh, basically killing it on, November 15th, and okay. it will be... A day that will not fun. live in infamy. Yeah. Well, actually, the termination of service is October 18th. So in 13 days from this recording, they will be done. And path-related customer service will be closed on November 15th. Now, why you need... Why would you keep customer, <laughs> you keep customer service, service, service going? going? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to make go- a note to myself on the 19th to write customer service asking how I can set up an account. Because I'd like to get going on path. Yeah, it's like what the that makes no sense. And on you already can't download it. You can't download the app oh, anymore. It's it's pulled damn. from iTunes and Google Play. So sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm sure there's some legacy uh, install somewhere I can find that's probably been hacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Eero. Eero is a home Wi-Fi system like nothing you've seen outside of big office buildings with tons of employees. Look, I've said it before. It's amazing. The new second generation Eero and Eero beacons allow you to build a Wi-Fi system that's more perfectly tailored to your home than ever before. They offer more speed and range with an incredibly high quality build and elegant design. These are not your ugly blue boxes with a ton of antennas sticking out of them like the old days. Look, we all had those. We know they were hideous. Eros look great and blend right in. They're awesome. Every Eero component, from the finishes on the enclosures to the circuit board, are carefully sourced, assembled, and tested. Their manufacturing process rejects any performance flaw or cosmetic defect larger than the tip of a needle. That's kind of tiny. Every system automatically receives over-the-air software updates so they can continue to deliver performance and improvements and new features. And here's the great part. They work with your internet service provider that you already have. All you have to do is plug it in and go. And Eero's come out with their Eero Plus security product, which I love. It combines the best security features and tools into one subscription to keep your personal information and devices safe. For 99 bucks a year, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious websites without slowing anything down. It automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right in the Eero app. And it comes with network-level ad blocking, so the ads don't even load. It's just it's like ad blocking where you don't even have to think about it. With your Eero Plus subscription, you get five accounts on the Encrypt.me VPN, a five-user family plan for one password, and right there pays for itself, and three device protection for Malwarebytes antivirus software. If you paid for everything separately, it would cost almost $370 a year. Eero really is the future of Wi-Fi for the home, and I can't be happier with my setup. I am right now like 150 feet from my router, and I have great signal. It's amazing. And it's so awesome. You're going to want to get one of these systems for yourself as soon as possible. Looky here. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to Eero.com slash GOG, and what you're going to get is $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacon package in a year of Eero Plus. Just go to Eero.com slash GOG in a checkout, enter code GOG. That's E-E-R-O.com slash G-O-G. They are hooking you up. We'd like to thank Eero for sponsoring our show. And go get one, man. These are These things are amazing. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also the co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. So, Dave, 
Anything new happened this week? <laughs> it's a slow week. Pr- uh, pretty no, slow no. week, right? <laughs> no, yeah. nothing, nothing at all. No, no uh, we'll get to um, this. Is it's not very often that you have things that can truly be labeled as being bombshells, but uh, there was definitely a bombshell dropped this week, which which we'll get to. Um, I had a couple of things I wanted to get to first, though. I had some follow up on that uh, story we covered a couple weeks ago. I think it was about the Blackview dash cams. Yes. Remember, a uh, so listener sent in uh, his, uh, he made a YouTube video about the lack of security with these Blackview dash cams. They were by default sharing the live video feed from your dash cam, as well as your GPS location uh, online for anyone to be able to see all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. This, of course, is not good. So uh, this gentleman had reported this to Blackview and had heard nothing and heard nothing. Of course, it got some attention from us and from some others. And Blackview did finally respond on Twitter. And uh, they said, hello, all. <laughs> Where everybody does nowadays, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said, hello, all. We understand your concerns and want to do the right thing. We will set every user's settings to private on the server mid-October and update the app to communicate on this as well as set every sharing feature to private by default for newly registered dash cams. Thanks. So uh, I guess this gets filed under better late than never. Uh, Yes. Uh, We're being tagged (laughs) left, right, and center on the responses to this, which are, uh, why are we waiting until (laughs) mid-October? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, because yeah. we're in Barbados spending all of the money <laughs> and we're never going to touch this company again. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to make of this. Uh, if if I were in the market for a dash cam, I think this would knock Blackview off my list, certainly. That it got oh, to you this, think? <laughs> got to this, I know. I'm, I'm so good at understatement. Uh, yeah, that, that it got to this point at all. Uh, just well, to, to having to be publicly shamed to do the right thing is is a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And as Graham clearly yeah. pointed out, the this was first brought to their attention back in April. Yeah. So they've had plenty of time, and it just seemed like, as so often is the case, the uh, the buzz had to get loud enough online, and enough people had to talk about it where they they couldn't pretend not to hear it anymore. So right until the internet outrage machine gets its uh, <laughs> gets its engine warmed up, nobody listens anymore. That's right. That's right. We had another story this week about uh, the feds forcing someone to unlock an Apple iPhone with their face. I think one of you gentlemen put this in here. Yes, I put it in here, which was an interesting story. What did you guys think about it? Well, going to put a lot of Israeli security companies out of business. <laughs> I, I this Well, first of all, this is not surprising. No. Um, we've talked about before how... You are the the way that U.S. law works right now. You are allowed to keep a password secret, but you're not allowed to use something, uh, some any of your biometrics. Ex- yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Any of your physicality, your biometrics cannot be kept secret. So, before we had Face ID with Touch ID, people could use uh, the the police could force you to unlock your phone with your Touch ID. And remember, we had stories about them using dead bodies to unlock things <laughs> using touch id i suppose it's, it's an interesting question i wonder if a dead body would work on face id because it's my understanding that one of the components of face id is that it looks for movement in your eyes that's mm. one mm. of the things it checks off to make sure you're not a 3d model of yourself or something you know i thought right. it tested for heat too so maybe mm-hmm. give him give him a hot towel open his eyeballs up and shake his head while you're <laughs> right. holding it in front of the phone right. Right. we never <laughs> fail to get incredibly <laughs> morbid yeah the, the lucky intern at the morgue who's... <laughs> hey it's it's bob's first day yeah bob remember uh other duties as assigned well uh, the the, uh, the sheriff's coming by at noon and we've got a special job for you yeah. <laughs> Shake vigorously. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you are someone who really is concerned about this, don't use Face ID, don't use Touch ID. The in-between workaround is that I think if you hit the side button on your iPhone, I think it's five times in a row, it'll automatically put it into a mode where neither of those will work and you have to put the passcode in to unlock right. it. So that's sort of your middle ground there when it comes to that. And the interesting thing about this one was they let it go too long, so they couldn't actually like hook it up to any forensic devices. So they were just like taking pictures of what they saw in the phone <laughs> to oh, yeah. you know for evidence. 
because and then it finally locked up again and then it required a passcode and they couldn't get back into it because I guess they'd hold the guy off to the who's cow. Mm -hmm. So, but I guess they could just go down there with their, you know, Israeli gear and plug it in and say, hey, look at look at here, Joe, and uh, open it back up and then get all the stuff off of it. But that probably would take a court order. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where you it's it's coming. It's. I, this did not surprise me at all. This just happened to be the first, you know, first case where it actually happened and somebody yeah. found out about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's on its way. Now, before we go into the big news, I put this in here because you guys are our two Uber Star Wars nerds. And I figured this it's, it's a little Us? out of bounds for the segment. But <laughs> since I know you guys like your Star now, Wars, I wanted all, to get First of all, Star Wars is not out of bounds for any segment. <laughs> there is See? no conversation that cannot be made better. <laughs> With some reference with Star Wars. to Star Wars. So, so yeah, case has been proven. Proceed, proceed. <laughs> John Favreau's new Star Wars TV show has a title, and it's called The Mandalorian. Did you guys check it out yet, the uh, The story about it? Very impressive artwork. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know much about the story yet. I think it'll be interesting that uh, other than Solo, this will be the first non-Skywalker movie in theory. We don't really know the time period of it yet. Now, um, now, 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 there was that Ewoks movie. <laughs> oh, true. True. <laughs> yes, and this is this is not a movie. It's a TV show it's on TV the show. on the new Disney streaming network. Mm -hmm. So you have to pay for that one too. Hello, oh. Sweden. Sweden. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, did you watch Star Wars Rebels? I did. Yes, I enjoyed that. I thought that was a, yeah. a worthy addition to to uh, the Star Wars canon. So yeah, uh, I'll certainly I check it the out. Clone Wars as well. Um, yeah, it's a very impressive artwork. It looks great. I would like to have this for my Halloween costume already. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, <laughs> our, our, a friend of mine brought this up. Are we reaching a point where because there's so much Star Wars to be had that that's taking some of the specialness away from Star Wars? Oh, yes. I think that's partially part of Disney's move in, in not rolling out a movie every single year now is, mm. is they realize that we've hit peak Star Wars and it's no longer a singular special event. Yeah. Yeah, not the interesting thing about this helmet on the the new guy, I swear, if you made uh, red light go across his eyes, he's a Cylon. That <laughs> right. is a Cylon helmet. Right, right. Somebody get yeah. on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty, By your command. Pretty cool. Pretty cool looking. Yeah. So I'll definitely check mm -hmm. it out. All Me right. Too. Let's let, let's get let's. There's there's an I elephant get, get in the room. The <laughs> In my room, for sure, and probably your room as well, Jason. Yeah, I think I, I literally have some of these devices sitting around now. So let's uh, let's see how worried I need to be. Do you really? All right. Yeah. All right. So the big bombshell that got dropped this week. This is a story from Bloomberg Business Week. It's called "The Big Hack: How China Used a Tiny Chip to Infiltrate U.S. Companies." And the long and the short of it is, is that uh, Bloomberg found seventeen people who are corroborating this story, none of them on the record, none of them named, which we'll get to in a moment, the, how that could be <laughs> problematic. Um, but basically what they're saying is that these motherboards of servers being manufactured in China, somewhere in the supply chain process, there was an extra chip added to the motherboard. And uh, this chip would be used to provide access to the motherboard, a, a backdoor, if you will. Um, and it, it's, it's been complicated because, of course, all the speculation has, has started to spin now as to how could this actually work? How would it work? Is this plausible? Is this the best way to do this? Um, but the, the long and short of it is that uh, if this is true, um, mm -hmm. this is a big deal that servers used by some of the biggest companies in the world, folks like Apple and Amazon, uh, they mentioned having these servers on U.S. warships. So it could be a, an issue of national security if these, if the Chinese have, in fact, been able to uh, infiltrate these servers to get data off of them. So yeah, my question uh, is, if there are so many of these servers that are out there, how come somebody can't show us a chip? Well, you can <laughs> bet. I mean, this story broke what in the past couple of days so you can bet that is what's going on right now as people are are looking around as much as possible now 
Um, I put a link in the show notes for an interview that uh, they did over at Risky Business, which is another uh, cybersecurity podcast, uh, a good one. Mm-hmm. And um, he did an interview. The the gentleman who uh, who runs Risky Business, he did some asking around, um, and he said one of the people he talked to who couldn't say much more or wouldn't allow him to say more on the podcast, but this person had done research into similar things and had found extra unlabeled components on sensitive buses. (laughs) Right. So this isn't the only place where people seem to be finding these things. I suppose. Well, there's there's already speculation that they may be in supply chains for things, even like iPhones or Alexas. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it isn't just big servers. It's uh, Salon or uh, sorry, Slate did a really good article about how it, we can't stop this. the The problem is a global supply chain, and the only way that we could stop anything like this is to basically basically stop any manufacturing or or development in any country that that could be considered hostile, mm-hmm. which means more expensive and less of them here. Right. Because we'd have to build them all ourselves. Well, and I think one of the, the unique things about this, why it's getting attention, is that it is a hardware hack. Um, yeah. It's not unusual for these sorts of things to be hidden in firmware. Um, and we had stories about Huawei and uh, what was it, ZTE, where they were found multiple instances of bad stuff hidden within the firmware. And uh, and that's one of the, the things that people have been asking about with this. They've said, if you have access to the manufacturing process, why put mm-hmm. an additional chip on the board? Why not? Yeah. Why not just, you know, infiltrate an existing chip, put some extra code, hide something in a chip that's already there. That way, somebody inspecting the board isn't going to compare it with you know, the blueprints for the board. Yeah, yeah. And say, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. what's this extra chip doing here? Uh, and other people have good reasons for why you might want to do that, uh, practical reasons for why you might want to do that. Starting with it, how often does anyone actually go and inspect the chip count <laughs> on a board? And supposedly yeah, these chips rare. were disguised to look like things like capacitors, just, you know, run-of-the-mill sort of surface-mounted components that um, wouldn't draw your attention. Right. That would make the most sense to actually just disguise it as something is there, hide in plain sight. Not right. add to it, not be additive, but just, you know, okay, we, we've got a chip already or, you know, pull, pull the chip up that's already there and figure out a way to hide something underneath it or in a way that is not visible. What was the, the NSA's program where they would get UPS shipments in, you know, in flight and then take them apart and replace pieces and then put them back in the UPS boxes <laughs> yep. and send them out? Yep. I can't remember yeah. the name of the program yeah, for that. I, but I don't it seems either. Like, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a different thing because you're getting it later in the supply chain, but the end result is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but if, if if you don't know how the supply chain works, I mean, it could have just been the NSA putting these chips on the board, mm-hmm. if these chips even exist. Well, and another thing they said in the Bloomberg article was that uh, they'd heard about them th- this technology being placed between the layers in a multi-layer circuit board. So circuit boards modern circuit boards don't just have a front and a back they have in between layers sandwiched you know in between the layers and Mm -hmm. um so if you could hide this within the layers itself that makes it even harder to find you'd have to x-ray the board something like that um now so the other interesting part of this is that all of all of the companies named in this piece are vehemently denying that any of this <laughs> happened at all. Apple, Amazon, um, of the Chinese government, obviously, but everyone is The saying, FBI? <laughs> uh, I don't know that we've heard from the FBI yet. I'm pretty sure we heard from the FBI that they did not receive any of these stories from Apple or Amazon. So, so here we go, right? Because Bloomberg stands by their story. And these are not wishy-washy denials from these companies. These are firm. This did not happen. And, of right. course, that gets everyone with a tinfoil hat spun up because, well, that's exactly what they'd say, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, yes. I, I, read a, I read a good piece this morning on that about, you know, when the NSA stuff came out before with Yahoo and Facebook and Apple all saying the same thing about how they did not, you know, give the FB or the NSA direct access to their servers. That was language that was given to them by the NSA because they were under a gag order and they could not say they were under a gag order. Right. And because that when you get a gag order, you're not allowed to say you're under a gag order. 
Apple has come out and said, we are not under a gag order, which right there, you know, just clears the playing field for the fact that this probably didn't happen because they wouldn't be allowed to say that if the FBI had said, you can't say anything about this. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It means somebody is either mistaken or lying or uh, putting together. It's possible that Bloomberg is putting together bits and pieces from lots of other different things that have happened and coming up with a conclusion that isn't accurate um, without them revealing their sources. It's it's kind of hard to to know. And I saw another article that basically, you know, did the trail of evidence from Bloomberg to the article. And it says it's like a friend of a friend story mm. because they didn't have direct access to the people who were the people who said the thing that was said. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I did see so. someone uh, it was a New York Times reporter yesterday. Um, Kim Zetter is very well known, respected reporter. She said that she's heard that this could be perhaps one in a series of stories on this. So this there may be more to come along these lines. So time will tell with that one. But uh, this certainly has grabbed everyone's attention. We, we are we are surely still within the speculation phase of this story. Uh, <laughs> lots of intrigue. I do recommend that you listen to the risky business segment on this because uh, there's a lot of good information about the plausibility of this uh, that is worth hearing. And I've read a couple pieces from engineers who actually specced out how they would do it mm-hmm. if they were going to do this. And it says they say it's kind of plausible, but not the like I said, like we said before, not the best way to do it. If that's the access you wanted, it's just like fabricate a, you know, a counterfeit chip that does the things that you want. Mm-hmm. Why put another chip on the board? But you can feasibly do it if it has to be done. It's just a dumb way to do it. Right. Yeah. Could be. So uh, like like you, I'm I'm waiting to see one of these boards actually pop up. You can bet. I mean, that's the thing everybody's searching for right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All these, all these boards. Or they're not because maybe they just know it's bullshit and they're just going about <laughs> business as usual. Could be. Of course, the other possibility is the government has gathered them all up and we won't be able to see them. That's right. I'll just stoke that fire. That... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to some more fun news. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook mm. and Instagram. Mm. There's a prototype out in the wild that somebody has seen where Instagram is asking for permission to share your location data from your photographs to your Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think this might have been one of the impetuses for Kevin Systrom getting out of town. He's like, I just I can't deal with you guys doing that. And they're like, no, we're going to do it. He's like, ah, OK, I'm out. Right. Because that gives Facebook access to more location data when the Facebook app is not running, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this will probably be opt in by default. You know how that goes. <laughs> as we've but, seen. Okay. I just don't understand the the outrage from people on the Instagram side of things going, oh, my God, it's being shared with Facebook. Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They have yeah. your information anyways. If you were posting it on Instagram, Facebook has your information. Well, who cares if they do this? Well, the thing is, I guess from the terms of service, they can't just grab it already. Okay. Prob- I'm, so, I own the company. Yeah. Who wants to put money on the bet that somewhere in the Instagram EULA it says that they can share this with their partners and and uh, you know corporate cousins? Yeah. It's yeah. I'm not going to take the time to go read the Instagram. <laughs> right. We don't actually do real work here on the show. We are not journalists, and that's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I totally think that this is I agree with you, Jason. I think this is one of the things that, that they were pushing for that uh, the they the, that caused them to leave. But uh, I, I just the outrage, the mock outrage of, over this is is ridiculous to me because they already have this data that they own the damn company. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Facebook is the alphabet of your information now. Yes. They have all these companies and they're just slurping it all up. Good times. OK. Thought that might go a little longer, but yes, not. <laughs> <laughs> we're just beaten down to a bloody pulp when it comes to kind of when it comes to this. <laughs> it's like Facebook. Uh, it's just we're just hamburgers. How am I There's... to be outraged anymore? <laughs> right, right. Just exhausted. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Kavanaugh's going to get appointed. Yes, yes. Facebook has <laughs> right, our data. Right. Yes, yes. China's putting chips in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, would you like some chips with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 
Now, here's another fun one. Alexa can be hacked by chirping birds. Hmm. Okay. Now, this, it, that's kind of a misleading headline, I do believe. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> a little uh, bit. Yeah, this is a uh, basically scientist at Ruhr-Universestadt in Bochum, Germany. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Phlegm. Uh, <laughs> they've discovered a way to hide inaudible commands in audio files. Commands that, while imperceptible to our ears, can take control over voice assistance. Now, okay. the interesting thing about this is they're testing this on the AI that does the voice-to-text recognition stuff that is built into Alexa. Right. Hmm. That's what they're testing against. So they haven't really tested it so much against Alexa. They're they're actually shoving this thing uh, audio files. So they haven't actually tried it in the air yet. Hmm. But what they're doing is it's called psychoacoustic hiding, which just sounds awesome. <laughs> I love that term. That's a great song by the Talking Heads. <laughs> yeah, Psychoacoustic hiding. <laughs> Um, so what they're doing is they're just they're layering sub levels of audio over people speaking because there's there there's, with our ears and our brains we don't hear certain things when there are very loud sounds so we skip out the little the little sounds right. and there's a video in this article where they actually show how it works and they they isolate the two different frequencies it's a very interesting video because you can see how the different sounds are layered and they show how the basically the engine is listening to it and it's slow it's not like very fast it's very slow it's like you know word by word and it just pieces it all together and you know you can basically hide an audio file like say in a podcast and say you know turn off the security cameras and unlock the front door that's their example (laughs) which i i thought was a pretty good example Hmm. and you could blast this out on a radio station you could blast it out anywhere like to get a you know mass people and then oh my god then we have the purge but i might have been going a little too far with that one but uh it's it's a cool technique i couldn't help thinking of the the little security bird in the incredibles movie you know what i'm talking about yeah on on Mm -hmm. uh, on the island there's a little the little bird who turns out to be a, a security camera that was the first thing that came to mind when i was thinking about this that somebody would build was that bird manufactured in china (laughs) <laughs> probably i mean you, he must have outsourced all that stuff that's of course yeah yeah but uh well again i mean this is something that if they do what they need to be doing which is get the voice recognition strong enough that it has to be your voice or you know, your wife's it has to learn your voice and and only recognize your voice that solves this problem mm-hmm. or put a pin on it yeah what do you mean if, if you say girl in a tube unlock the front door four two six seven two you know oh i see so you have to have your you have to have your command you know you can't you cannot just blow up the enterprise without your command and control codes so look man every time destruct exactly it's not that easy Hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. command override Riker 272 you know whatever (laughs) and so if things like that that are safety oriented it would be better to have some kind of in-home pin Mm -hmm. that you can read off with it instead of just saying do it you know You know, let, let's look to Star Trek to solve this problem. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Two factor. Star Trek or Star Wars, Jason? See, I'm a Star Trek guy. I'm a Star Trek guy. There's no, there, there, nobody talked to the Millennium Falcon, you know? <laughs> no. You can talk to the Enterprise, but you can't talk to the Millennium Falcon. Well, all right. I'm not, I'm not going there. But uh, <clears throat> you can talk to it, but it just won't answer back. Well, I mean, C3PO says what a peculiar dialect the Falcon has. And of course, anyone who's seen the solo movie knows where the Falcon got. Anyway, I digress. Yes. Yeah, so... yeah, yeah. But <laughs> oh my God. Hey, you started the one that the... brought it yeah, up yeah, this yeah, time, man. You, 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 opened, <laughs> you opened that can of worms. <laughs> now we all have to eat them. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, but anyway, I don't think I've ever seen any sort of self-destruct thing in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Oh, no. Now all you have to do is warp your ship into everybody right. and oh, everything's done. Right. I wasn't even going to yeah. mention that. I still <laughs> have some yeah, bad taste in my mouth Ugh. from that. Now I'm angry. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's your turn. It's your turn to go home angry this time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Send an angry tweet in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it. Those guys are jerks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You wait for it. It'll happen. And then everyone will listen to this and they'll go back and they'll see it and they'll laugh and they'll say, ha ha, those guys are so clever. <laughs> or not. Said, said no one ever about our <laughs> right, show. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Well, gentlemen, have a nice weekend. Have a nice week. You have too. a nice time. Uh, Enjoy tearing apart all your electronics looking for chips. Right. Yeah. It's like the end of the movie, The Conversation, uh, where the guy <laughs> tears apart his apartment. We're, we're heading in that direction, I fear. Yeah. Chips, dips, chains, whips. There you go. All right. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you guys next time. Ups and doodads. Now, normally I wouldn't put this kind of uh, thing in, in our show because it's not technically technology and it's actually somewhat embarrassing to me, but I figured why not? Um, I've talked about uh, a, like a shaver that I bought in the past on the show, which was absolutely fantastic. I even use it to cut my kid's hair now. But uh, I, uh, you know, um, the kid is enjoying swimming. Okay. He's, he's got a fondness for the pool. And uh, obviously, uh, that means swimming lessons is coming up soon. And uh, my wife has three uh, three swimming moves. Um, she's got hot tub. Uh, she has a sit with her feet in the water drinking a cocktail. And if absolutely pressed, she's got doggy paddle. So uh, <laughs> mommy and me classes is going to be daddy and uh, me in my case. And All uh, right. As I've gotten older, I- I'm no Robin Williams or anything, but uh, hair has started to appear in places that one generally doesn't want it and i'm going to be uh you know going to these classes in in a couple months i'm sure uh and i want to you know look all right because the santa monica mommies are are well let's just say they've had a lot of work done they look right good. You, <laughs> I, you don't want to yeah. be all schleppy in there in it so uh you know next week i'm starting the no sugar no grain thing and i did a little search for uh, hair removal in, in hard to reach places as it were <laughs> and i uh, came across the backblade 2.0 plus and the main reason i'm actually reviewing this is because when you find a product that actually works, you're just shocked these days. This <laughs> yeah, thing seriously. Worked. This thing, I'm blown away by how well it works. I can make all kinds of jokes about Magnum PI and wishing that hair, you know, came back in and all that, but whatever. It works phenomenally well. And I was just so <laughs> blown away by it. I was like, I've got to talk about this on the show. It's just so rare to get something that does exactly what it says it does. There you go. Okay. 2.0 plus. It does exactly what it says it does. But you have to read the whole title. Back hair removal and body shaver DIY. Easy to use curved handle for a close pain-free shave, wet or dry. It's a long title, but it isn't as exciting as all the product ones that we normally do that have like uh, codes in it and black uh, parentheses. Blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, but OK, there you go. Well, there's so, parentheses in here. Parentheses DIY. It had a parent. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't come with somebody who does it for you. So I'd assume it was DIY. Yeah. It would be nice <laughs> if it came with someone that does it for you. <laughs> yeah. Those are usually the products that I would like to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, I recommend it if you uh, happen to be hair stute. Ah, uh, yes. yes. I am I am not, so I will not be getting that. Okay. Friend of the show, Mike, sent me a great link over at USA Today. Check out how much a computer costs the year you were born, assuming, you know, you're not too old, because it does start in <laughs> 1971, which I believe is Jason, so it starts with you, old yep. man. That's my birthday, yep. 1971. Yeah. So the notable computer of that year was the Kenback One with a price tag of $750, and the inflation-adjusted price is $4,659. Well, that is a goddamn steal compared to me in 1973. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> which the notable computer is the Wang 2200, a price yeah. tag of 3500 bucks, adjusted inflation-adjusted price $19,832. Good Lord. Good Lord. Now, it goes all the way up to 2016. I was hoping to get, uh, uh, let's see, that's a Lenovo Yogo. Yoga. There was a computer named a Yoga. Yep, nine hundred S for a thousand dollars. Adjusted inflation price one one five two. So there you go. I'm going to go get my twenty grand Wang out. <laughs> twenty grand Wang. I show believe title. we have a show title. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I work in the audio business, as some people may know, because they're listening to it right now. <laughs> and yeah, Isaac, not, not many people know, unfortunately. Yeah, we could use a few more people to know. So. Get on it. I often use Isotope products to clean up my audio, get rid of unwanted noise and sounds and things like that. And their RX series has been just phenomenal. And they have just come out with Isotope RX7. And uh, I go for the advanced copy so I can get all the bells and whistles. So yesterday I picked up a copy of Isotope RX7 Advanced, Mm -hmm. which is pricey. But the main reason I got it is because I have a discount for an upgrade from some plugins I had. And since it just came out, it's like 500 bucks off the street right. value because it's usually over a grand. It's like 1200 bucks new, yep. which is pricey. But when you think yes. about it, this is like Photoshop for audio. And, you know, in, in the old days, I'd buy Photoshop. 
sometimes. And <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe once. <laughs> I bought one version. Yeah. Surely that counts for all the upgrades, right? That was, that was Photoshop 3. <laughs> so anyway, I picked this up and oh my God, what an amazing thing. It, it can do just about anything. It can make anybody sound good and can fix all sorts of stuff. To but, prove it to you, I'm actually doing the show on top of a garbage truck. Do you exactly. hear it? You do not. <laughs> In the wind with no, no <laughs> mic filter. Backwards. And so, yeah, if you're into audio, definitely check it out. There is a demo that you can get. But uh, for uh, the, the difference between RX-6 and RX-7 is just unbelievable. It's twice as fast. The filters are it's, twice it's as good. Even, it's one whole number. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a mm -hmm. whole number. And in, in Isotope RX-7, they use machine learning. Oh, God. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, it fucking works. So <laughs> I don't care. Uh, then I went over to ask.video, and I got the RX-7, the unofficial video manual, which is a great course. It's like 30 bucks and teaches you all the ins and outs. I, I stayed up like way too late last night watching all these videos. There's like 28 videos for a couple hours, and it's is great. So if you even if you have been using RX and you don't know what it all does because it doesn't come with a manual, of course, at least not a decent one. It's great videos. Totally. And I was complaining on Twitter because that's what you do on Twitter, even though I'm supposed to be off it. Um, I was complaining about some hosting stuff and a friend of the show, Anthony Rossbach wrote me and he's like, Hey, why don't you check out the company I work for node host? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go check them out. And then I just went and, you know, jumped around a bit. And looked at what I thought was going to be, you know, just a normal hosting thing. And then I scrolled down and I saw their prices. And my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> uh, for just a basic blog setup, it's $1.20 a month. A month. The portfolio, which gives you twice the web storage, is $2.40 a month. And it goes up to $9.60 a month. And How do they make money? That's exactly what I said, because also it's free if you're a student or a teacher. Right. So I, I wrote them and I'm, I'm like, I went back and forth with the node host Twitter account. I'm like, no, but how, how? <laughs> and they're like, we're just very smart about how we do things. Right. And I'm like, that's that it helps keep our cost out. And I'm like, okay, well, let me give it a shot. So I set up an account last night and I'm moving one of my sites over to give it a shot. The setup is easy. Um, and you get a bunch of time free when you sign up. So I didn't even have to put my credit card in, but you can recharge your account through your PayPal account, which is nice. So I put nice. a whopping $5 on there, which should get me another like 20 years at their pricing. But mm -hmm. so far, it's pretty straightforward. The The dashboard's nice there. Their DNS panel leaves a lot to be desired, but it, it is workable. Um, but for the price, the fact that they have one is a miracle, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so far it's pretty cool. And they've got, you know, one click installs for a bunch of different things. And I ran across one that had me kind of interested. It's called Koken, K-O-K-E-N. Okay. I'd never heard of this before. It's kind of like the WordPress for video galleries. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's free. You can download open source and they can do a, an install for you on there. And I think I'm going to give it a shot. Just, I'm just going to spin up an instance and try it out because I am not happy with the, the site that I have over at jpd.me. Uh, I'm sorry, jpd.photos, which is a UPIC site because um, right. they have just too many add-ons and they don't have a way to export your photos, which is my biggest pet peeve ever. Mm -hmm. But this way, it's on my server. I run it. It's got themes and plugins. It looks really cool. It looks like the WordPress for photography almost. Nice. Yeah, and it syncs with Lightroom, which is also really, really cool because all my oh, stuff's in Lightroom. Yeah. That's very helpful because yeah. that's how you do everything, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to dig into it. But check them out, nodehost.ca. So they're Canadians, which, you know, means we like, we like them. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Canada, remember that uh, scent in, or that oil infuser that they gave us at Fireside that we used yes. the entire trip? Mm -hmm. I brought it home and because uh, you already had one. And I, yep. I cranked it up last night and I put the oil in and, you know, started to lay down to do some reading. And... Uh, it just brought me back to Canada. I felt like I was back in the woods in my room because I used the same oil. And I'm like, Were you uh, pissed when a bucket of beer didn't show up at night? I kind of was. <laughs> yeah, there was no bucket of beer. And but but the nice thing is I have heat in my house and Wi-Fi. Right. Oh, we did have oh, Wi-Fi. Yes. Never mind. Uh, yes. And a shower that's bigger than a midget's ass. <laughs> that's true. That was the worst. But the first time I got in that shower and it was freezing and my butt hit the back of the shower. I just almost <laughs> jumped out of the thing. 
Yeah. Camping. We're supposed to be glamping. That was not glamping. <laughs> anyway, uh, one thing I told you about that I was having an issue with with Opera with this new version. Like yes. once I updated to uh, what you might call it, uh, Ma- not Maverick. Uh, was it Mojave? Mojave is the Mo- new Mojave. Yes. Yeah, I'm st- I'm not digging the dark mode. It's kind of all over the place. I think I'm going to yeah, go back. Right, to light that's mode. what I told you. Yeah, it's just, it's not working all that great. So I think I'm just going to go back to light mode. I wish you could go back to light mode and just make the title bar dark, but you can't anymore. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. And I love I love having the normal interface with just the dark title bar. It just makes me happy. Anyway. <laughs> So in Opera, I was having this problem when I was doing these show notes where I would copy some text from one page and try and put it in our show notes on Quip, and I mm-hmm. do Shift-Command-V, which is, yep. should be paste and match style. And every time I would do that, it would open Google and search for the text. And I'm like, what the fuck? So turns out, in one of the new versions of Opera, you can go to the edit menu and see, you know, paste and match style, which is Shift-Command-V, because we taught people how to do that in a previous episode in the system preferences using the keyboard uh, system preference and the shortcuts. You can mm-hmm. manually set it up for set up app shortcuts, which is a great thing to do. But they hijacked it in in Opera now. So mm-hmm. they changed it to paste and go. I hate you, paste and go. Yeah, <laughs> so paste and go sucks. <laughs> took me an hour this morning. I'm like, I'm, I am bound and determined to figure this out because that's part of my workflow and my muscle memory. So for the opera fans out there. And, I, and surprisingly, there are a lot of opera fans out there now. Everybody I talk to is like, yeah, I listened to your show and I tried opera and it's great. I love it. So there are a lot of opera fans out there. So if you are using this particular thing, you want to go to advanced settings, shortcuts, and configure shortcuts. And there's a list of every key, key command that you have the option for in opera. So which is a nice thing to know anyway, if you want to change something or add something. Um, just yep. go find uh, paste and go and delete the key combo, and that will fix the issue for you. Woohoo! Yeah, I know exciting stuff. Yeah. Brick a brick. Well, Russian trolls didn't just screw up our election; they've apparently meddled in our most sacred American institution, Star Wars fandom. Oh no! <laughs> yes. In addition to the 2016 presidential election, Russia may have gotten involved with the backlash surrounding the Last Jedi online, sowing discontent and dissent amongst Americans. Oh no, Comrade Fett! Yes, a new study by researcher Morton Bay examines online discussion of the film and finds that on Twitter, the discourse was affected by deliberate, organized political influence measures disguised as fan arguments, including possible Russian trolls. He wrote, a, I don't know if this is a book or just a, a blog, but it's called Weaponizing the Haters, The Last Jedi, and the Strategic Politicization of Pop Culture Through Social Media Manipulation. And he found that... Uh, Basically, yeah, Russian trolls got involved uh, uh, t- in, uh, you know, basically all the negative, super, super, super negative, like the stuff that went like sexist and all that mm-hmm. uh, discussion about The Last Jedi. Uh, now, before you go crazy about this, there are plenty of us that just hated the movie and talked about yeah, it. Yeah, there, there's some of us who think <laughs> it just sucked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I am one of those people. Yeah. I, uh, I found too. a lot of, uh, of science uh, news this week, uh, a lot of space news, actually. So uh, apparently we have found our first exomoon or a moon that is uh, circling another planet. Obviously, we've had trouble seeing them because they're much smaller than planets. Uh, but uh, some researchers thought they saw it about, uh, what, I think two, three years ago or something like that. And then mm-hmm. they got time with the Hubble telescope to look at it because of their math and work on that. And they say that, yeah, we pretty much think we are 100 well, not 100, but 99% sure we found a moon. Pretty cool. Right. Nice. Yeah. I dig the moons, well, except when my yeah. moon hits the back of that shower in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a problem. Uh, you want some Martian dirt? Nah. That'd be kind of cool to have <laughs> on your desk, right? 20 bucks a kilogram, except it's not the real stuff. It is uh, made in a lab to uh, basically match exactly what Martian dirt is like. Okay. So you could actually own some, which is kind of cool. You can also Don't own let Matt some Damon for- poop in it, though. Yes, <laughs> I would get one and put a potato in it. Exactly. Cool. See if it grew. Yeah. So you can also apparently get lunar and asteroid soil, but this is more difficult to make and much more expensive because some of those ingredients can only be sourced from actual meteorites that have fallen to <laughs> Earth. So you can only source it from the moon. Sorry. Yeah. So I guess a uh, Martian soil is a lot easier to make. And finally, because the world is a gigantic garbage trash fire right now. <laughs> Uh, I have some Halloween news. An asteroid shaped like a goddamn skull is currently headed towards Earth. Nice. Hey, man, if we yes. got to go, that's the only way to go. 
Somebody uh, call Bruce a, Willis. We have a link in the show notes. Oh, my God. A, it looks like a goddamn <laughs> skull. It does. <laughs> and it is hurtling towards us. It's a 2,000-foot-wide asteroid. It was initially discovered a few years ago when it first made a pass by our planet in Halloween 2015. And it comes like a, as it says, a cosmic spooky skeleton meme. This time, the asteroid, which is likely a dead comet, uh, is going to do a pretty tight flyby coming within 1.3 times the distance between us and the moon. It'll be a little later. It'll be here November 11th. And as they say at this point, let's just hope it ends it all. <laughs> Seriously. But man, if we got to go, come on. That's that's the way to go. That is the way to go. It is the most metal. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Closing shout outs. Sorry, Jason, your Cubs are out, but the Dodgers have won their first game against the Braves, and I'm looking forward to this. Let's go, Dodgers. There you go. Yeah, I got my L.A. hat now. You know, screw the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 287. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. Begin auto-destruct sequence. Authorization Picard 47 Alpha Tango. Computer Commander Beverly Crusher. Confirm auto-destruct sequence authorization Crusher 22 Beta Charlie. Computer, Lieutenant Commander Worf. Confirm auto-destruct sequence. Authorization Worf 37 Gamma Echo. Command authorization accepted. Awaiting final code to begin auto-destruct sequence. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Destruct sequence Alpha 1. 15-minute silent countdown. Enable. Self-destruct in 15 minutes. There will be no further audio warning. So much for the Enterprise-E. We barely knew her. I think they'll build another one. Plenty of letters left in the alphabet. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.